Good morning, one and all. This is Don. Uh, as per the episode last, uh, we talked at length about free time. Uh, I visited Chicago this past week to uh, look for apartments and, and some other stuff. And David and I did not connect once because he had zero free time. All I had, well, I didn't, I won't say I had nothing but free time because I was actually pretty busy looking lots and lots and lots of places running around town in the rain. But uh, David had zero free time, so we never could make it uh, even for a breakfast to sit down and have a conversation and record it. So we are uh, doing a reprise of an older episode. This is from April 1st, 2018. So a good long time ago. Um, it is Littered Ape Cast 23 Cocktail versus the Fisher King. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, it's just a, a throwback. Uh, it really reminds me when I listen to these uh, how far he and I have come and so much so much we have done. Also, it reminds us how limited our version of the world is because we've been talking about these two movies for as long as I've known David. Um, and so this is a conversation that includes, uh, he's got his new baby at the time it was Harry. And uh, we talked about, you know, putting babies online. Uh, we, we talk a little bit that David cooks like a hipster foodie. And of course, uh, we do have uh, six things, but I'm, I didn't even listen to the six things. So hopefully they're still pertinent or relevant, but that's the deal. So hopefully we'll be back in the saddle. We'll see if David can find any time he can squeeze um, out of his very busy week. Um, and if not, uh, eventually I'll just be ape casting by myself. <laughs> no, that's extreme. All right. Enjoy the episode. Thanks. You are just like, you're like two shuffleboard steps from wearing wingtips, shorts, and having a handlebar mustache. That's all I'm saying. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe say listen to it. How <laughs> do you know that anybody that thought they were getting on the Facebook and that they're somehow their information was private, not for sale, that those people are either hopelessly naive or stupid? Because you don't get something for free and you're not the product. It was obvious, and it's been obvious since they... Now, the big, but the big question for you, yeah, David Himmel, is babies, you know, and, and children on Facebook and on social media, there there is potential hazards. Yeah. I mean, number one, obviously there's child predators, but I, that, I think that's a smaller concern than the fact that 
if you look at the statistics, the suicide rate of teens has exploded like more than it has ever been in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. Teen suicide is at its all-time high right now, and it coincides directly. There's no real causality they've proven, but it coincides directly yeah. with smartphones and Facebook. Follow the money, so to speak. So, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you? What, what are your thoughts when it comes to young Prince Harry Himmel? Well, there's... There's two things here. I mean, the first one is, you know, I mean, Harry's not going to be a teen for at least, when, when does teenage start? 13 years, 12 13, years, you know? Well, 13. So it's like, yeah. yeah. All right. So, you know, like at what point do we give the kid a cell phone? At what point do does he get his own, does he start using his own email account? Does he get his own Facebook account or whatever it is? Obviously, he's not going to get one now. Um. So the concern now, so I don't know how the fuck we'll deal with it when, because I mean, everything is going to change by the, you know, in 13 years, who the fuck knows yeah, yeah. what we're going to be dealing with. Um, but for now, the question is, you know, how much, how many, like, do we post pictures of the kid? Do we, yeah, how much exposure do you want to put? It's right. like Jessica McLeod, who's a once in a while frequently, I mean, not, not an infrequent uh, contributor to the mm-hmm. litter date. Um, her, she's got pictures of her kids all over Instagram all over Facebook. It's all over. And what I thought was funny, and I didn't even think about it until after I did it. And then I thought, Oh, that is really odd is that you sent me a picture of Carrie squinting yeah. uh-huh. and I immediately <laughs> made it a meme. Right. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't put it on the internet. I right. just sent it to you, right. but I realized, Oh wow. That's it's gold. I mean like the shit that kids do is gold. It's hysterical, yeah. but it's also a little creepy. Yeah. I mean, cause the thing about it is if I were, if I were not, semi-ethical i can because that's a funny fucking picture and the caption is uh what what do you mean president trump yeah and it's a fuck because it's a sour looking you know baby and it could be a thousand because it's basically like do do your best kim jong-un in person yeah i I mean anything else and but but if i were not a decent human being i could have instantly taken that meme and just thrown it on the internet and then been in there your child's face is there for um how many countless thousands of weirdos yeah to look at and Especially with that meme, you would suddenly your child would have uh, Trump trolls. Right. It's like, so what do you, right. what, how do you want to play that game as a dad? And I don't know. We like, we don't know yet. We, so we had a, an issue, a situation, whatever. Um, that makes it sound a whole lot worse than it is. But, you know, when the kid was born, we posted, I think, three pictures of yeah. the kid, you know, making the announcement. Um, and of course, we're going to send out baby announcements. With the printed card that had, you know, which to me, like we were talking um, before, uh, you know, about uh, all the, the shit that you do that you don't, maybe don't have to do, like the the doula and the uh, lactation specialist and all this other kind of shit. Like, why do I have to spend the fucking money to get shit printed to tell people that our kid is here with pictures when I've already done that on Facebook? On Facebook. And it was fucking free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't cost a dime. But... It's what people do, and I don't know if you could hear that, listeners, but my eyes just rolled back. Oh, yeah, mine, and, yeah. My, and I just have a deadpan look of disdain. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's... So, I don't know. So, my mom, I sent my mom some pictures, because Grandma wants pictures of the kid, of which course. I get. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. And she posted something on her Facebook page. Pictures of the kid at his absolute most unsightly. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I mean, not the pretty pictures that you get at Sears. These right. are like, I just got out of the thing and my head's still like a lizard. His head, I will say this about He's his head. He's got a good head, yeah. He, thank fucking God, because when yeah. he came out, and, you know, babies' heads are misshapen yeah, when yeah. they come out. They have to be. I had a pinhead. My dad's first words was, well, we can always get him a 10-gallon hat. They did not win him any favors with my mom. No, but not... A, a, it wasn't a false statement. I mean, it's like, look, there's a problem. That head is fucked up. Yeah. Here's how we can solve for it. Okay. My kid's head, the best way I can describe it is, have you ever seen a mountain range? I have. That's what my kid's head looked like. Oh, yeah. It was all, there were these peaks bumps, and valleys. Yeah. And there was, um, Sir Edmund Hillary was on top of one of them. <laughs> but I, so my mom posted these pictures of, you know, me holding the kid. And then I, I sent her a video of him in the swing where he's you know, making these weird faces. And, and I saw that and I went, oh, ooh, why did she do that? And then why am I annoyed by it? And Katie was annoyed by it too. And it's, my mother didn't do anything wrong, but I had to tell her like, look, don't post things. Just don't post things yet. Like I'll send yeah. you pictures, email them to all your friends. That's yeah. fine. Well, that's the thing is like when you sent me the picture of him, I, the it really wasn't. The last thing on my mind was, oh, I want to put this on the internet. All I thought was that's funny, and I'm going to do a meme that's going to make you right laugh. Right back to me, yeah. And that was, and that's just between you and I. Yeah. Still though, given that it was iMessage, it's still now it's still in the ether. There. It's sure. still in the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so I understand the need for my mom to, you know, she she's got great news. She's got a new grandson. Her her first grandson. Her she's only grandson. Thrilled. Absolutely, and she should be, and she should want to share it. I'd be worried if she didn't want yeah. to share it. Yeah. But, and I told her, I said, you know. Don't post anything on Facebook. We're still trying to figure out how we want to manage social media. You know, I'll send you all the pictures you want and you can put them in your digital wallet, you know, and yeah. show all your friends on your phone. That's totally cool. Email them to people. Totally fine. But the social media thing, we're not sure yet. You can share anything that we post because we're the keepers of the yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know yet what we're going to do because I know there are going to be times where it's like, we need to post this picture because it's pretty fucking funny, this video of the kid being funny. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that, you know, because that's the whole point of social media to a degree, yeah, right? I mean, that's yeah. one part of it. Um, Babies, cats, and meals. Right. Sure. And sometimes they're the same thing. They are. Baby cats make a great meal. They are delicious sautéed with a bit of rosemary. I like mine with um, sautéed mushrooms, too. Is like, oh, yeah. You can get, like, well, a, it gives a you a little glaze. Yeah, yeah. they give a little rooty flavor in there. Yeah, yeah. That's you got to have your vegetables. Yeah, well, the thing about it is kittens just don't have a whole lot of meat on their bones, so you got to right. have something in there. Yeah. Like, I, I had no problem, and I have no problem, like, posting a ton of pictures and videos of, of my dog, like, of Eddie. You know, like, there's I've still got pictures of Eddie up there, you know. Sure. But a dog can't ultimately be affected later on. By whatever the fuck that's true. Dog didn't give a vicious, shit. nasty stuff that happens on social media. Yeah. The dog can't be bullied. Well, it's because the dog doesn't give a shit what you think as long no. as, as you're nice to it and you right. feed it. Right. You know? So, you know, if the kid if Harry grows up and it's, you know, 13 years later and he gets his own Facebook account, there's record of him as a baby doing all this embarrassing or goofy baby you know the people like don't show my baby pictures to well, my prom date is, you we're know? not thinking about this now but parents are putting their babies and their children i mean there's that guy that did the youtube where basically he played pranks on his kids yeah i mean that shit lasts forever as long as yeah. there's electricity we're gonna have that shit on there right can always be found you know what happens when the kid that you know gets caught taking a shit and is embarrassed by his dad videotaping him, yeah. put him on the fucking internet, 
decides to run for office. Yeah. Or get a job. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. And it might be like, oh, that was cute and funny. And, you know, we don't know how the society is going to change. Is that accepted? Is that going to be a bad, is that going to hurt them? Well, I mean, the thing about it is we're not thinking about it right now. But I guarantee you that, uh, you know, 50 years ago, guys weren't thinking too much about making uh, shitty misogynist comments to their secretaries because that was just the way things are done. And now... It was the 60s. Yeah. Right, Harvey? Now their careers are being destroyed over that kind of behavior. So the question becomes, is there going to come a point where parents, you know, like fucking, you know, everybody blames their parents for their shit. Right. It's like, okay, so this is just more shit to add on to It's exploiting your kid. It is exploiting your kid. Without their... Okay, it's worse than what... Macaulay Your Culkin's kid is dish. not a goddamn meal that you right. just had at Chi-Chi's. Right. It's just not. Right. Like, if you eat at Chi-Chi's, and, you deserve whatever bad things happen. But. <laughs> right. And there's there's two things. So I think that part of it is that a lot of parents don't think about their their baby or their kid will one day be an adult. Yeah. And one day be a part. Like, that's, I can't, I mean. You've just made Harry the baby is, a product. is less than a week old. Or yeah. is a week old, you know, is, a, is brand fucking new. But there's going to come a day when he's, hopefully, you know, when he's my age. Yeah, yeah. He'll last. Or, you know, 15 or whatever. Like He's robust. He's got a mountain range head. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, come on. He, You know, so how is that going to affect him? And when I was a kid, I would get fucking furious with my mother when I would hear her on the phone talking to her friends about me. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't anything like, David is an anxious, loudmouth little fucktard. No. It was just like... I don't. Even, I couldn't even tell you right now what Maybe it was. Maybe he but did it was, the funniest like, thing, or he it was mundane story. bullshit. Like yeah. this is her life. Like this is. I. She's talking to another mom. Yeah, like, yeah. And my kid. This. I would he eats scream boogers. at her. Whatever. Yeah. Do not talk about me. Do not talk about me with your friends. Don't talk about me. I don't know why that upset me. I just. It was like I can't speak for myself. I'm. I'm not getting a chance to, you know. Um, I don't know, give my counter argument yeah, yeah. or well, whatever you, the fuck you're it is. You're not a product. You are a human so I feel like person with agency. If, if we start posting things about Harry on Facebook, it takes away his ability to choose. To choose, yeah. yeah. And I don't, so I don't know. So like, I almost want to ask, like, I almost want to like, put it out there to the, to the world, like advice, like one, what is my issue with it? And is it rational? And, what do we do? Like, I, well, I, I just to I figure don't out know. that social media has negative consequences. Now, right. the thing about it is, our natural tendency is then to say it's all negative. That's the human condition. Is any yeah. you know? It's like atomic energy. Oh, it was wonderful, and it was this new thing. It was amazing, and then all of a sudden, it was the most dangerous goddamn thing in the world. Right. You know, it, it's like they're they're. It's you have to use your powers for good. It's the Spider-Man thing, you know. Yeah. Great res- with, with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. and it, it, you know. it's like it, what I put on the I believes. Uh, uh, I think it's for next week. Is like you know anybody that decides over this this thing with Facebook to delete their Facebook. That's just like saying you know what hammers and nails are bad. So I'm just gonna get rid of them. Yeah. Or I hate my car, so I'm throwing my keys away. Fuck I mean, you, car. It's a tool. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tool. <laughs> it is not the tool's fault if you used it irresponsibly. Right. You know, and, and so I just it's don't how know. to be responsible. You'll figure that out. I, I, I don't know how to use Facebook response. I don't think anybody knows how to use Facebook well, response. We'll figure it yet. out. We'll figure it out. But yeah. that's the thing is that my kid was born in a time when we're like, oh, we need to use Facebook responsibly. 
And so like, I'm, what I'm does just, that mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm running game on it. You know, like it's every, every play is an audible play and that's a sports reference. Yes, it is. There you go. So I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a bad cook. I'm not a great cook, but I'm, I'm a good cook. But what I'm really good at is taking already existing stuff and making it better. Like, like I take a Jack's pizza and I make it incredible. I make it gourmet. I take a box of macaroni and cheese. Like the other day I was making lunch for Katie and I, and I took a box, a box of macaroni and cheese and I put, I fried up some, uh, uh, you know, turkey deli meat and then put some spinach in there and season it with onions. This is powder, the macaroni and, and cheese? Macaroni and cheese, just a box of macaroni and cheese. And it, I, I just made that shit gourmet. So you see, so you live in Logan Square, don't you? No, Wicker Park. Okay. Well, we're closer to Logan Square than Yugi Village. No, no, no. Yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of a, you're like a, you're, you're a hipster cook. I'm, you're I'm, a hipster no, food. No, here's what I, so. Because a hipster doesn't have any money because he's a hipster. Which, so he doesn't go to high-end restaurants. What he does is he pretends like his box macaroni and cheese is a gourmet meal. Well, you can't pretend your box of macaroni and cheese is a gourmet meal. You have to make it a gourmet meal. Exactly. You're it's a just the, the box of macaroni and cheese is simply, is simply the blank canvas. Uh-huh. It is just the canvas. Okay. So as an artist... I would be a great... I'm like a chef for college kids. <laughs> like I should write a, a cookbook for college kids. You're a hipster. Yeah. On shit to, and how to like make hamburger helper fucking amazing. That's... If I were an artist, like I wouldn't be Monet or Picasso... Or any of those, I would like Van Gogh, you know, any of them. I'm like the, you know, like Dana Barrett from the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. She's an artist, but she's like, she just touches up the paintings. Yeah. That's the kind of artist I am. I just touch up all the greats. Like I touch so up all the Van Goghs. So you're a, you're a talentless hipster cook. No, I have to, let's see you take a box of macaroni and cheese and make it gourmet. I don't think you can. I sure can. I think, but I, I don't I smell because, a cook because, I'm fine, because I'm fine with the thing. All I'm saying is, I, I I think I figured out the purpose of our podcast. To figure out what I am? Well, slowly convincing you to stop denying your reality. You didn't want to think you were middle-aged, but you are. And yeah. you know this. Uh, you didn't want to think you were going to be a whiny dad. And you are. I'm not a whiny dad yet. Well, but okay. Not yet. But we're working on it. I and mean, that's still like, I could reality still is, not, it could still and, not happen. And, and as it's much likely. as you hate admitting it. You are just like, you're like two shuffleboard steps from wearing wingtips, shorts, and having a handlebar mustache. That's all I'm saying. Three movies that inspire you. Uh, yeah. So just, we'll just run down the list. Uh, the first one I would say, <laughs> it's Cocktail. It's the Tom Cruise vehicle. We've Cocktail. We've talked about this. You love <laughs> Brian Brown, Elizabeth yeah. Shue. Yeah. What was this, 83? 80, it was 86, 87. Okay. All right. It was the movie right before. It was kind of like a, a bubblegum pop movie for oh, Tom Cruise right before Rain Man. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was right yeah. before Tom Cruise came out as like an actor. An actor. Yeah. Before yeah, he yeah. was just like a, a pretty face. Right? He was a pretty he was, face. Was, who, could, who could juggle bottles? Yeah. That was badass. Yeah. It was we badass. all loved that. We all loved that. But then you fast forward to like 1999-2000 when flair bartending came into play. And yeah. it was like, oh, fuck yourselves, you fucking assholes. Well, see, that thing is, it was cool when Tom Cruise did it and Brian yeah. Brown did it. But as soon as like regular dudes yeah. started doing it, you want to punch him in the crotch. Right. Yeah. 
Like, I'm gonna see. Who the fuck are you? You're not Tom Cruise or Brian. Blair bartending at the T at a TGI Fridays, which is where they're working yeah. the movie. Yeah. Show me that kind of shit at TGI Fridays, not at like some fancy bar where it's like we have flair bartenders. No, but, no, no, but one of the one of the, bar, one of the bars it. with like the bar that he opens later on that Brian Brown has, that yes. was pretty high end because there's a lot of blue oh, at, the, at the club. So cocktail, yeah, cocktail inspires I mean, you. It, I, and I don't know what it inspires me to, to be or do other than to have a hot wife. <laughs> and that, that's it, because Elizabeth Shue. In the, I mean, Elizabeth Shue's Elizabeth Shue, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Tom Cruise, his character, uh, Brian Flanagan, mm -hmm. uh, he's Irish. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he he follows his dream, right? Like, he just, he goes for it. Yeah. And then he spends some time in Jamaica. He just says, fuck this, fuck New York. I'm going to Jamaica. And he lives in the sun. And he gets beach. Kelly Lynch. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Brian Brown got Kelly Lynch. And, yeah. Um, Oh, and Brian Flanagan got Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, that's yeah, the Brian Flanagan. Um, is Tom Cruise. Yeah, what guy. was uh, what was Brown's name? Um, uh, Coglin. Yeah, Coglin. Coglin's Coughlin. law. Yes. Yeah, a man never pukes or passes out in public. Falling downstairs is allowed. That's a they, terrible Brian. They, Brown. I didn't it's the worst Brian, Brian Brown ever, but it's fine. Um, but it's funny as fuck that scene where he falls down the subway stairs. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Be careful with your impressions, or I'll get Danny come over and do Jimmy Stewart. We That's all I'm saying. At some point, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched. Oh God, I love that movie. Like, just follow but, your dreams so and all marry of, a hot chick. So that, so that inspired. Wow. Okay. And I, I feel, married a hot chick. I feel so shallow. Um, I just so shallow with my choices now. How can you feel more shallow? That's my point. Than, I, was oh, okay. I was just being sarcastic. <laughs> All right. So what's what's your um, I'm gonna, top cocktail? By virtue of the fact that I've probably watched this movie more than almost any other movie I've ever seen. Okay. Um, that it is a movie that is I consider a touchstone. Mm -hmm. That when I am feeling particularly adrift in life, and it happens. I know. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to believe that someone is fucking put together as Don Hall. Yeah, I don't get that. Has moments of drift, but yeah, You're an anchor. Well, this well, so once in a while, yeah. I keep it to myself. Why? Because I'm an old school man. Not a. I, I'm not into. You have no feelings. Exactly. I'm not feelings into vulnerable. Pussies and women. That shit. Yeah. Brr, I've yeah. got my basketball, and I'm gonna hit you in the face with it because I am the great Santini. <laughs> right. Not the movie I'm talking about because <laughs> Terry Gilliam did not direct Robert Duvall and right. the great Santini. No. Um. It's uh, the Fisher King. Ooh. Okay. And uh, there's, there's no side boob in the Fisher King. Well, there is no. There's a fantastic this, side boob in cocktail. This was well, this. The, my my goals, the things that inspire me about it, are really not about marry a hot wife or be successful. Um, what I love about that movie more than anything, and I've written about it ad nauseum, is you've got Jack, which mm -hmm. is uh, Jeff Bridges' character, yeah. and he he basically instigates. He's a shock jock. He in unwittingly through his sort of callousness instigates a mass shooting. Whoops. You know, he tells this guy that calls all the time in his radio show, he says, you know, you're right. All the yuppies should fucking <laughs> die. All the yuppies should die. Yeah, right? Die yuppies. I got the sure. power. And then this guy goes out and decides, Jack has told him, and he shoots up a fucking restaurant. Well, it turns out, Jack gets fired. His career is over. Um, I'm suddenly seeing, as I describe it, parallels to a lot of people uh, white men sure. in our current uh, political atmosphere, social atmosphere, sure. but uh, he's he's lost. So they jump cut, and now he is bitter and drunk, and just looks like shit, and is living with a woman who loves him deeply. Mercedes Rule loves him deeply. He does not love her. Um, he's just using her. They live above a video store, 
you know, and he's just kind of a user and just looking for a way to get out of this hole that he's in. He ends up running into Perry, and Perry is a homeless man who actually saves him. He's going to go kill himself, and Perry saves him, but he thinks he's a knight of the round table, and it's mm -hmm. Robin Williams. Yeah. And he is in search of the Holy Grail and decides that Jeff Ferry tells him that Jack is the one that's going to help him. Mm -hmm. Perry was, uh, his wife was one of the victims of this mass shooting and he lost his mind. Mm -hmm. And he was a professor of Grail mythology. And so this, why, it, why it hits me so much, and I've watched it so many times, every time I feel like things are going wrong or I don't, it's a tale about redemption if you identify with the Jack character. It's a tale about belief and the power of healing that belief has if you're the Perry character. I identify with Michael Jeter, who plays a transvestite, um, but I identify with that character. I mean, and it, it, it's filled with so many iconic characters, in my opinion, that every time I watch it, depending on where I'm at in my life, I get something different from mm -hmm. the film. So my absolute number one pick for movies that inspire me and make me think about myself and make me feel better about life and try harder to be a better person. The Fisher King is my, my big one. Again, the idea of like fighting through the bullshit and the obstacles to get to what you feel is right. Uh, Field of Dreams. Oh yeah, Field of Dreams is, yeah, that's gold. Kevin Costner. That's gold. And, you know, it's it's that, like that's the movie that every guy will watch and weep because it's, it's a story about your about, about fatherhood. If you build this baseball field out in the middle of your court, then your dead father will come and play baseball with right. you. Right. Catch. It's, you know. Because, there, I mean, there is something, I don't, maybe it's it's super Americana, I get it, but playing catch with your dad or just, like, time with uh, any kind of elder that can teach you things or that is that spends time with you in this busy world that there's an older guy whether it's your dad or your stepdad or your uncle whoever the yeah. fuck that that person is to spend time with you like that's that's a big really, deal. really important it's a big deal yeah um you know and he goes on this insane journey and goes, goes bankrupt against, it goes and, bankrupt yeah. and risks his family which is probably pretty stupid but man i also think just i mean aside from the inspiration part uh it's probably, it's the first, I think, James Earl Jones' best film. I'm telling you, that James, so that's the thing, is all the baseball Field stuff. Field of Dreams and then yeah. Coming to America. Yeah. James all, all the baseball stuff aside, and, and that's the thing, is I didn't have a traditional father figure, so playing baseball with my father is not, like, high on my list. Have you tried building it? But No, I haven't. But Because if you build it, they will. he will come. He will come. That's actually what it says. It doesn't say they will And it's come. not Shoeless Joe. It's not true. Which also... <laughs> yeah, I know. The best fucking scene, when Ray Liotta goes, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we wanted to invite Ty Cobb, but we couldn't stand the son of a bitch when he was, when he was alive, so we told him to stick it. <laughs> yep. And he does that Ray Liotta laugh. Ray Liotta Fucking laugh. love it. And then now, because it is a movie about father and son. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. You know, so yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah, so don't die on him, so he has to build a fucking field so he can come back and play ball with him. Right. That's all and I'm saying. And second to that, uh, don't be such a weird character that he doesn't know who you actually are. That's a good until I'm actually dead, dead when actually I walk out of the fucking did, like, Where's my dad? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, my second film is also Terry Gilliam, Brazil. Okay, 
Um, and the reason Brazil, again, completely different uh, sources of information. Both both the movies so far have been they inspire you to follow dreams that you have and fight through the bullshit, get past your own get, crap, and, and, and do it. it. Fuck and everybody else. Mine are mine are are way more about how flawed. I am as a human being or how the system is. And what I love about Brazil, what inspires me about it is Brazil, Brazil, the, 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 I'm not sure what you call it. Sort of the, 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 the motive, the primary thought, the thesis statement, mm -hmm. um, according to Terry Gilliam is that in order for one man to separate himself from the capital S system, he must lose his mind. That's sense. what the movie's yeah. about, right. you know, or, right. and, and, or, you know, and, and it's been, he's, I've heard him do a follow-up to that or appear to lose his mind, mm -hmm. one or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's really what Brazil's about. It's about Sam who lives in this, in this dystopian world of horrifying plastic surgery and ridiculous bureaucracy. And I mean, everything is so fucked up and larger than life and very Terry Gilliam, you know? And uh, I always go back to the scene where there's the one room, he's in an office and he's got his desk, but he's sharing a desk with a guy on the other side of the wall and they do the tug of war mm -hmm. yeah. of the fucking desk. It's just <laughs> like, that's that's corporate America. I mean, that's right. corporate. And what I love about that movie is ultimately he has to lose his mind in order to not be a part of that. And at the end of the day, and if you watch the film, and at this point, fuck you, spoiler alerts, this was, <laughs> this movie's 30 years old. So yeah. if you haven't watched it yet, yeah, fuck you. Um, but ultimately, he does lose his mind and that there is the argument that the entire film takes place inside his mind. He's just being tortured. And I just, and, and the way he escapes torture is he's this character in his mind with these giant, like, steampunk fucking wings. Yeah. I, I just think it's what it's what it inspires me is to not take the trappings of humanity so seriously mm -hmm. and yeah. that and that that if I have to create my own reality just to kind of get away from that, then I'm okay with that, you know, and, and maybe that means I'm losing my mind or maybe it doesn't and I'm okay either way. But I really love that movie, and it really does inspire me. It, what it inspires me to do is to really take a look at all the bull. And we do, all do it. Yeah. Again, as put together as Don Hall is, I still worry about finances. I still, you know, this kind of stuff. It still yeah. pops in my head once in a while. I get preoccupied with bullshit. And a movie like Brazil reminds me that it is indeed all bullshit. Yeah. As, as, maybe it's necessary. But it really, at the end of the day, it's me putting on my giant fucking wings and flying to find Dana. That's sure. really what it's all about, you yeah. know? And so that's a good thing. That's, yeah. So that's why Brazil is my number two on my okay. list. So my it's third a, one is... not my third one. It's actually my number one. But when I was thinking about this, my third one, it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, I don't think it's a great film like, like Cocktail. Like Cocktail, which yeah. is a masterpiece, sure. Fucking masterpiece, man. <laughs> Um, Trumbo. <laughs> I, I like Trumbo. Trumbo, right? That's a great movie. Right. It came, so what was it? 2016? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty maybe? recent yeah. movie, but that so is... Brian Cranston is, he's phenomenal is um, what's his, uh, Dalton Trumbo. Dalton Trumbo. Who was a, he was a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. um, blacklisted. Blacklisted during the McCarthy era. <laughs> um, you know, so he was, and he wrote uh, uh, Roman Holiday, mm -hmm. um, The Brave One. 
Mm-hmm. So these, and he wrote, you know, shit. Oh, yeah, all, he was a, all under different names, yeah. right? Because he was he was he writing was in secret. Yeah. yeah, it was blacklisted. That's what they um, later they ended up giving him like the honorary bullshit. Sure, sure. Um, they made a movie about him with Brian Cranston. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. what else so, you got? So that's right. I mean, there's clearly a theme. There is, which your, I didn't yeah, think there is about a thing until it was like, oh, no, I don't like, have a theme because yeah. one is about the flaws of humanity and finding redemption in those things. One is about recognizing the bullshit of the world and embracing your inner fantasies. And then my third is, and I'm cheating. Okay. I'm just going to let you know that I'm cheating because my third is not just one movie. Okay. It's seven movies. Oh, God. Rocky, Rocky 2, okay. Rocky 3, Rocky 4, 5, 6, Rocky Balboa, and Creed. I was afraid you were going to go Star Wars. No, not okay. going Star Wars. I'm going Rocky. All right. What I love about all these stories, number one is it's a love story. Mm-hmm. At first and foremost, Rocky, oh, all of them, yeah. it's a love story. And I will cry instantly if you play the Adrian theme. And when I say the Adrian theme, people go, what's the Adrian, Adrian theme? Da 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 and I mean the minute when I saw Rocky Balboa with my mom in the theater, I cried for the first fifteen minutes almost uncontrollably because it's all him kind of dealing with the fact that she's dead. Just broke me up. Sure, just to this day, there isn't a Rocky movie. I every Rocky movie, even the bad ones, I will cry at the end every single time. It's all right. Just inspires me. Um, but what it really inspires me is it's not about winning. That's the thing that I take away from Rocky, and that's why he succeeds for me in the best the best ways. All the journey is one in Rocky Balboa. One in six are the best, and the reason they are is because it never is. It's not about him winning. It's about him standing his ground. Yeah. It's about getting back up after being knocked down. Yeah, and and that to me is. Much more inspirational, not to, to, to poo-poo on the follow your dreams, but it's more inspirational, not about following your dreams, but simply proving that you can stand your ground because that's what the world is. Yeah. You know, that's what my life has been is like getting up and getting knocked right back down and then getting right the fuck back up. Well, but that's not unlike my three movies. It's not just that no. my three movies end with the, the happy Hollywood yeah. ending, you know, Rocky and Rocky Balboa yeah. end with. The reality yeah. ending. Yeah, the reality ending. And that's and, and but it's still inspirational. And yeah. It's still wonderful. And so sure. those are those are our inspirational movies. We should have a movie night. We should have a movie night. I make great popcorn. But let me tell you, you about you it. Put a little cilantro. I get a I get microwave popcorn and I throw some cilantro. Oh, I gotcha. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. This is an eat. Being that it's Pesach. Or Passover. Yes. Uh, for those non-Jews. Um, I'm, I'm one of them. Eat, <laughs> he said that and spit right in my face. Eat fried matzah. What is fried matzah? Well, it, it's, it's fried matzah, Don. Well, I mean, that doesn't tell me what it, matzah. what's it made of. Well, it's made of matzah. What the fuck, man? Come on. What is matzah? It's there in the title. Matzah. Jesus. Is it wheat? Is it... Is matzah it... is unleavened bread. So, so what's eleven? So and for fuck's sake, in pa- <sighs> Passover you eat unleavened bread because when the Jews fled but, Egypt after the whole yeah yeah t- okay so what's the difference between unleavened and leavened? What's leavened? Yeast. So anything without yeast is like kosher for Passover. Okay, so matzah is like the cracker shit that. So basically, unleavened bread is crackers. 
Yes, well, but it's called crackers. Because it's a little bit different than crackers, and I don't know how... It's just what I... They told me it's different than crackers, okay? I don't know. That's just what my rabbi told me. Is it like that shitty dry rye? Those rye crackers you can get? A little bit. That, that they're like eating yeah, cardboard? Bit, yeah. yeah, okay. But it's... There's so why would you do, do that? Why would you fry it? So you take egg... And just look at it. Google it. Like, Google fried matzo. Just Google the recipe. Just try it. It's just, like, okay, it's I'm gonna, it's like, where can I get fried matzah? Because I'm not Jewish, you have to obviously. Make you can't, like, go someplace and say, hi, I'm Don Hall. Can you give me some fried matzah? I don't know if you can or not. I like an order of fried matzah. When you're keeping kosher, you don't eat out because it's, you know, there's all this other shit. It's not kosher and it affects the whole. All right, we're going to eat fried matzah. We're going to figure out. I'm going to yeah, find some. Buy a box of matzah. It's eggs and syrup or honey. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's a just, great breakfast food. All right. Yeah, just try fried matzah. I'm, really I'm all, all right. All right. My number one is Reed, um, inspired by uh, an episode of The Walking Dead, believe it or not. Oh, God. I know. I know. Um, but as I was watching uh, season six, episode four, which is entitled Here's Not Here. It is the story of Morgan, the black guy with the stick. That's a good one. And, it, yes, and, and, okay. and, and the thing I loved about it is not only is it a really excellent episode, if you never watched any Walking Dead, if you didn't watch, it is like a short story. Mm -hmm. It is like a beautifully written short story. It's almost like it could be fan fiction. It, I mean, it is so yeah. goddamn good. Yeah. And it's all about uh, the, the this book, The Art of Peace, and him basically bringing Morgan back, this guy, the, the the actor from that was the husband in Fargo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He brings her. He brings him back from sort of this PTSD, dealing with the zombie apocalypse, losing his son and his wife. Um, but really, it's all about sort of the concept of Aikido or Aikido. I don't know how you say it. Um, of redirecting negative energy, mm -hmm. you know, and that and that the fighting skill, which you know, again, how much can I get? When I was yeah. when I was like eight years old, I thought I knew how to do kung fu from sure. watching David Carradine. Yeah, I didn't fucking know shit, but there were some concepts that I got. So anyway, um, I bought uh, the Art of Peace by Morahai Yushiba. Okay, and who is the founder of Aikido, mm -hmm. and it is all about the concept of grounding yourself in a concept of peace and redirecting aggressive energy away from you. And so I'm going to read it and I'm going to encourage everybody else to get the art of peace. It's not expensive, but it's not a great big book, but it's, uh, but also watch that episode of the walking dead. I always say, watch the episode of the walking dead because and, it really does set it up in a nice way. Yeah. It's like, so watch the episode, then and read, then the, read book. the book. Yeah. And also rest in peace, that goat. Yeah. No shit. Oh yeah. That broke my fucking heart. Yeah, it didn't really break my heart. I saw yeah. it coming. Uh, I totally. I mean, saw you saw it coming, coming but like, coming. Dude, dude. Yeah. yeah, so that thing is like being upset that somebody dies in The Walking Dead. Well, I know, but like the you goat, know, it's like being upset people. that a fly got killed. They're just oh, gonna die. They're just gonna die. It's just but goats are people too. No, they're not. Um, all right, so my <laughs> my next is a do, and it's it's attend a reading, like an author's book reading at any bookstore or any wherever. I don't care who the author is. I don't care what the book is. Um, there's plenty of them happening at all times throughout the city. Just go to a reading. Authors need an audience too. And and I would like to extend it. Go to a reading of an author you don't know. You don't personally. know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because trust me, their friends are going to come. Yeah. But it's nice if there's somebody that's not their friend. And you're going to find some new shit. Like oh, this is it. And buy the book too. Buy the book from yeah. Them and 
support the arts is basically what support it is. Support the arts is there. My, my second is a listen, and it is a podcast. Uh, our friends at Cards Against Humanity do a thing called the Good News Podcast. It's your daily reminder that not all news is bad. It is effectively the podcast version of the local news channel doing stories about polar bears and oh kittens. I mean, it is local really news is funny. The worst though, no, but it's really funny, and they have really interesting takes. And they do. I mean, they don't do polar bears and baby kittens, but they. It's just like they are working hard in this day and age to find news that doesn't make you want to fucking slit your throat. <laughs> and I think we could probably, if you're going to listen to a podcast, this is not a bad way to spend a half an hour of just listen to some good shit about the world. Okay. So that's the good news podcast. You can find it on Apple podcasts. And then my last thing to do is watch the movie cocktail. <laughs> I don't know if it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Amazon, I don't sure. I mean shit, if you just want to call me up on the phone, I will recite the thing because I know it by heart. I can even sing you the entire soundtrack. Wow. Like that's how Even Kokomo? Oh, even Kokomo. Give me some Kokomo. Well, not now. What you're in, come on. You man, you make the boast. You make the boast. I want to hear some Kokomo. Yes, I did put you on the spot. We're recording it. I want to hear some Kokomo. I can listen to the part where you just like find a live Kokomo feed. Uh, play that. No, I want you to sing it. No. <laughs> Down in the Florida Keys, there's a place called Kokomo. Which is bullshit because the Kokomo they're talking about doesn't actually exist. Oh, you were so earnest. You were so earnest for just a moment. That's the best. And that's thing. the worst song on the soundtrack. It just, really is yeah. the worst song. But I just um, but it was the Beach Boys first number one hit in twenty years well, after uh because they were uh good vibrations. Yeah, they were yeah. absent there. All right, all right. <laughs> that's the best thing. Could you sing? And, and the <laughs> thing is that no one can see because it's a podcast, is your earnest <laughs> Your earnest face while you're singing Kokomo is just the price of admission. Um, speaking of earnest and singing, um, uh, my my third is a watch. Or my number one is a watch. Um, Dana and I watched this the other night. It was uh, revelatory. It was really quite amazing. Um, it's called 20,000 Days on Earth. Um, it's a, a 2014 British musical documentary drama uh, written and directed by Ian Forsyth and Jane Pollard. It is a day in the life. In fact, the 20th thousandth day of Nick Cave's life. And you see him first thing in the morning and you see him, uh, go to therapy and you see him make music and talk, eat with his friends and talk about music and talk about friends and talk about fame and talk about money and talk about, and it's, if you're not, the thing is, if you're not a fan of Nick Cave, you will be when this is over. Okay. And you'll want to listen to some of his music. I could use that because I'm not a huge Nick Cave fan. Then watch this okay. movie because you're gonna you're gonna go, oh fuck, this guy is incredibly deep, ridiculously talented. I've got to hear more. Okay. Because he's just, I mean, yeah. I've been a big fan of Nick Cave forever, and and I really thoroughly, Data said, I really want to watch this movie, and I'd never even heard of it, and so I got it, and it was. Fucking lovely. And so you were both fans of of Nick Cave's before yeah. you. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, the, the, right. I got to tell him the story about. I'll report back to you. About meeting, not a huge about McCabe meeting fan. him in an elevator at WBEZ and having oh, really? a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so uh, okay. I got I got to recommend to him to go to the uh, the Tribune Tower with all the stolen pieces of ephemera. Yeah, you know, and he yeah. really thought that was really interesting. Nice. So yeah, okay. but that's uh, it's it is it is dry. It is brilliant. Um, I don't want to say surprisingly moving. Mm. It just didn't. I didn't expect to be as moved as I was, okay. and I was. So uh, I, I highly recommend Twenty Thousand Days on Earth with Nick Cave. Cool. Too good. Those are our six things. That's our podcast. Um, I want a pleasure. I want to throw out before we uh, we close out uh, that uh, m- tomorrow um, is uh, Monday night, and it is Bug House, Bug House. Uh, right. at uh, seven p.m. at the Haymarket Pub and Brewery. Ten dollars. This episode of Bug House is number seven. We have uh, Chris Churchill, Mr. David Himmel, Andy Diamond, Reza McDonald, Emily Belden. There's an author you yep, can find. She's a got a he's got hot reading. mess. Hot mess. Yeah, she's got some readings going on around town. All over the yep. place. Um, and Jamie Buell. Um, Ten dollars. The topics are censorship or hate speech, which is worse for democracy. Does the artist crimes? Uh, negate the art itself and tattoos art or just trashy trashy well we'll have to find out find out though yeah come to bug house and that's the podcast we'll see you tomorrow night thanks for listening you can listen to the literate ape cast on literateape.com apple podcasts spotify or anywhere you go to get that delicious podcast experience if you enjoy the dulcet sounds of two white guys babbling about whatever comes into their stunted brains leave us a review anywhere that you know reviews are left and share it with someone whom which you have a dubious relationship for information about literate ape Go to literateape.com, of course, and check out the rest of our podcasts and our years of scribbling. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>